Ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 245 now of the Ron and Don Show, live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, hey, don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can do it. How do you do it? Yeah, ronandonsitdown.com is the website. You can get our free uh, buyer's playbook, free seller's playbook. Uh, if you need to contact me directly, uh, if you're thinking about doing a real estate transaction, just ron at windermere.com. And I do feel sorry for the guy that has Don at windermere.com because that is not your email address. <laughs> there is a Don at windermere.com. And I know he gets a lot of emails re- from people he, that he, think that, that he is he, you. He's reached out to me, especially when I say something controversial. It's like, hey, could you, could you? It back. He should just give me that email address. Well, I think he's been, he's been in business for a while. He has been. He's a so great guy. You're Don he's O'Neill. A great, great guy. He's a very great guy. He's a great, great guy. Hey, uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about disappointment, and Ron has learned about disappointment through real estate, right? We'll talk about that. Yeah, I've had a, a couple people make some run at, at make some runs at, at some uh, wonderful houses and not get it, despite really heroic efforts. Uh, and I've observed some things about disappointment, and I, I wrote some stuff down in hopes that it would help because we've all have our own disappointments in our life. It doesn't have to be a real estate job. This is just a really focused thing where there's either a yes or a no. And so uh, I've r- written out some thoughts on that. Yeah, I sorry to mess you. I give Ron hand signals, and I think he thinks there. And it's all it's the same hand signal every time, but I'm saying something different. And usually he figures that out. Do you know what I was saying to you? No, I thought you were saying you wanted me to read it right now. No, I was saying that's your LaCroix. Oh. <laughs> All right. we'll, come, we'll come back and we'll, I want to read that at the end. Uh, also, we're going to talk about friendships and we'll be a little vulnerable here, especially when it comes to men as we get older and why friendships can be so hard and maybe some of the things that we can do a shift in our thinking, especially for you guys out there, so we can have better connections and better friendships. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this new study about our sex lives during COVID. And so you don't have to read the article. I'll just tell you. They say that a lot of us single people have been sexless through COVID. And a lot of married people have become sexless through COVID. And we've even seen a lot of divorces. Uh, I have been surprised at the amount of people that I know that are couples that are silently exploring kind of a divorce. But now the difficulty is some people don't have the funds. You don't have the job. You're living in the same house. And you're like, hey, if we have two offices in this house, maybe we could have two bedrooms and just trying to figure out how that looks as we head in the future. I say that this is very interesting, though, as uh, they surveyed thousands of people. I think it was 2,000 people they surveyed. They, They said, number one, that... For a lot of us, we have begun to realize that we don't have the sexual exploration in our lives that we've always wanted to have. And so we want to find a partner that we can explore those things with because we have figured out, you know what? I'm going to be dead pretty soon. 
We're all going to be dead pretty soon. We've seen over 550,000 Americans dead. Almost 4 million people dead now because of this pandemic worldwide. It's the third leading cause here in the U.S. uh, COVID is when it comes to uh, Americans that are no longer with us, which is really astonishing when you think about that. So when it comes to sex, we want to be more exploratory, knowing that we're not going to be around forever. At the same time, I found this to be really interesting, that the age of the, hey, let's just hook up or let's just get together one time. Let's have a one night stand. People have figured out through COVID, not interested in that. And they say, born out of this, when, when we think back to, you know, the sexual revolution, for instance, in the 60s and 70s, and, or we think about when we got to 2010 And that was the first year that we could all swipe right and swipe left. They say the revolution, the sexual revolution that we'll see out of this is a revolution moving back toward commitment. And if we aren't with the person right now that we want to be with, that we want to explore things with, that a lot of us will now have the courage to turn the page and to change the way that we live and to change who we live with. So I think it's very interesting, Ron, that on one hand we're saying, yeah, we're going to be more exploratory and we're going to maybe do things that we've always wanted to do, but maybe go against social norms. We saw this in 1984 when really sex toys first came out. And then we started seeing shows on HBO celebrating uh, sex and sex toys and blow up dolls and everything else. Right. I remember watching those when I was, you know, as a graduate of 1985, watching this stuff on HBO, just going, wow. And they had a show on there called Real Sex. Through the scrambled uh, cable box. <laughs> just got to listen to the sound. I can almost see the picture. <laughs> Real sex. It just blow my mind. The people around the world are like having sex and blow up dolls. Oh, my God. So so with that said, do, do you, doesn't it seem like those two things wouldn't go together? Commitment? And, and and being a little crazier in our sex lives. Yeah, I mean, that's about? what makes it a good article is it's counterintuitive. The prevailing wisdom was everybody's been pent up for so long that when the green light comes for society, it's going to be a free-for-all. You're just going to have people that... And there's a lot of memes about this you'll see online of like, boy, when... When uh, COVID's over, we're going to the club. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be off the hook. We're going to, you know, just going to hook up and get drunk. And it's going to be a party. And so the that's the prevailing wisdom. So the counterintuitive part of this is like people have put together, I think, in the era of the dating app, they had just been doing it for so long that they thought the variety and the endless opportunity that was being adventurous. It's like, oh, I'll meet someone, hook up with them, and then on to the next. Meet someone, hook up with them, on to the next. And and the realization is, oh, when I stop for a minute, what I'm really craving is not necessarily the variety of always something new, but the variety of intensity, maybe with the same person. So I, I did find that to be illuminating uh, and It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I do think there's going to be a segment of people that just want to let loose. Uh, <laughs> I really do think there's a percentage of folks that are like, I've had enough. Yeah. I, I have a friend that I follow online that is renovating a van. Yeah. And it's interesting to watch the progress of the van. And this is, she's, it's a woman. 
and I'm not saying she's going to get loose sexually. I think she's just like, I need to get out of here. The van. Line. Like I'm literally building my escape pod. And as soon as it's done, it's like the road trips are planned because she's been cooped up in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's interesting to watch this physical manifestation of I'm getting this van together so that I don't have to stay in the same place all the time. I'm literally going to take my life with me and just go where I want to go. I wonder if people will rethink marriage. I know that I have, like, I I don't have any plans. I got married when I was 33 and a half. It didn't work out really great. I was only married for a couple months and I've shared that story before I found out the woman I married was still married to someone else. And I found out because he showed up in my spin class. And he's like, he's he's a great guy, too. I mean, he looked like a six foot six version of Maverick. And then to find out that he was a helicopter pilot in Afghanistan, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're awesome. I kind of had a crush on him. You're like, I'd marry you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe, maybe people will rethink that. And I think of some of the, and not to get too personal here, but some of the relationships that I've had that in, 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 in where there, there's, there's been the physical side, but also the friendship side, those, those are the ones that don't burn so hot. Those are, those are the ones that, that there's a lot of autonomy and you give each other room and we don't have to be married and I don't have to see you every day and I don't even have to see you every week. The, those relationships are the relationships that I, that I look at as far as female companions go that have really worked for me. But, but thinking about living in the same house at this point in my life with my son and a dog and then in, inviting a partner into this, there, there's, as you can, there, if you don't have enough room in this house for one more person, you're crazy. <laughs> there's plenty of room in this house. Who are you trying to kill? Where would I put my Peloton bike? We'll see you on the other side of this. While some days it's hard to tell, spring is really here. Hey, it's Ron and Don for Les Schwab. I want to tell you about how they can add some safety to your drive, even with the unpredictable springtime weather we get here in the Pacific Northwest. A big part of facing the springtime downpours and spikes in temperature is proper maintenance. Don't worry. The pros at Les Schwab are here to help your vehicle get springtime ready, especially when it comes to your safety. Stop by, they'll do a free visual brake inspection, plus they'll perform a free alignment check to ensure all your wheels are headed in the same safe direction. That's free! If it's something you should get checked every year anyway, especially with the potholes and bumps that come with winter and springtime driving. If your tires need to get replaced or you're removing winter tires for the season, you can save some money during the Les Schwab Spring Tire Sale. Right now, you can save up to $200 when you bundle select tire, wheels, and brakes. It's one of the biggest sales of the year. Schedule your next visit at LesSchwab.com or stop by and check out the Schwab Spring Tire Sale for yourself. Les Schwab, we're doing the right thing matters. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a laydown. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date. 
for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward. And uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, episode 245 of the Ron and Don Show. Uh, let's talk about friendships here. And some new research out that says that as we get older, that a lot of women don't really need us men. And especially when they get on the other side of menopause. Uh, Jane Fonda just came out, said she is never interested in having sex ever again. Uh, at the same time, Ted Turner is someone that she still loves and cares about. And she was connected, which, which is amazing when you think how conservative he was or is and where Jane Fonda comes from in her, in her politics. But it seems like as women get older, women are more curious. Women seem to be more enlightened. Uh, women are open to just hanging out by themselves or with other women. And it seems like for a lot of us guys who haven't done a great job, because we've spent so much time sometimes investing in our job, that if we don't have kids when we get older, because a lot of times they end up becoming our best friends or our connections, that we have a really difficult time as, as we get older connecting specifically with other men. Something that, that, that my counselor told me that I actually do right. And there's so much that I do wrong. But she said, one thing that I noticed about you, Don, is that you have very deep connections with men in your life. And they're not just men that are drinking buddies. They're not just men that you go to a sporting event with. But these, these are men that you have deep friendships with, or, or, or we call them big friendships. N- new study out, and this is kind of interesting, and, and they look at 10 different things, but let's look at two. Uh, one of the things they do look at, and one of the things that I talk to my son about, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, he was talking about how he didn't have a best friend. And I went to school and I watched him with other children and he wasn't interacting well with, with, with other kids and with other children. And sometimes that's hard when you're only lonely and you're not around other kids because you don't learn the art of negotiation or sometimes speaking up for yourself. And so I remember going, he was, he was probably six years old and we went to Roosevelt High School and we got out of soccer ball. He first started playing soccer. And he asked me as we're kicking this ball around, he goes, Daddy, do you think I'll ever have a best friend? And I asked him, I said, well, what's a best friend? He said, it's the kind of friendship. And he said, this is a six-year-old. So maybe not quite as articulate, even though he's pretty articulate. Of course he is. He's my kid. Uh, he said, like, like, like the friendship that you have with Mr. Ron or the friendship that you have with Mr. Joe 
or the friendship that you have with Mr. Scotty. He, he's, he said, you have all these best friends. And I thought to, thought to myself, I went, you know what? He's right. I do, I do, I do have these best friends. And, and as I processed that, and I talked to my counselor about it, and I talked to him about it, I, I went back after we spent that time out there, and I said, you, you, you know what the important thing to do, Gunner, is to not worry about having a best friend. Just worry about or try to be a very good friend to the people that are around you. And, and out of that, you won't just have one best friend, but you'll have some pretty big friendships with men and women of different ages, boys and girls, throughout the course of your whole life. And, and I said, let's focus on that versus just focusing on, focusing on a, be, a, a best friend. This article talked about this. This research talked about it. Instead of focusing on a best friend or feeling less than because we don't have a best friend, really focusing on, and they called it too, big friendships. Having big friendships, people around you. And it means that sometimes through the course of those friendships, you fight. Sometimes it means through the course of those friendships, you get mad at each other. Sometimes you celebrate really big things. And, and then there's other times where maybe there's some kind of fallout or maybe you don't see each other or maybe you move away. And so a friendship sometimes, and this happened with us, can, can ebb and flow. When I lived in New Mexico, I, I moved to LA. Ron didn't move, but you would come see me. We, we still had this connection. I moved to Seattle first. I invited you to come move here and, and, and we worked together. But the, the, that friendship over the years has ebbed and flowed. And it's also really important, and this article talks about it, that that you you give room that you make sure that that you give room um when a friendship fails uh that you give room for communication that you give room and this is really hard for men to talk about your feelings and the way that that friend has made you feel and a lot of times what men will do when somebody offends them is boom they cut them off and as we get older we cut off more and more people in our lives. And the next thing you know, we're the only ones sitting there. And not only do we not have a best friend, we don't have any friends and we don't have these deep friendships. And really, we talked about this a lot. When it comes to longevity, it really is about movement, about diet, and about deep connection with organizations, with churches, synagogues, Moss, things we care about, but really with other humans, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I haven't read this article, but I, I think the, the thing that um, I thought about when you're doing that is, and this is, was really hard for me, just being really plain about what you want. If you meet someone that you, you hit it off with, tell them that. It's hard when you're an adult. So you meet someone, you're like, hey, I, I like you. Like, or however you say it. You say that to other men, I like you. Just be plain. It's like, hey, I, I enjoyed hanging out with you. Let's go do something. And then in you Seattle, that, that means yeah. that you need to then put it on the calendar. That's say, true. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. Do you want to come? And, uh, or whatever it is, even if it is a sporting event or watching a game or what have you, th that's really hard. We think it's going to be, 
I think most people believe that this sort of this, it just happens like for something to happen. That's that's quality needs to be effortless. Like it just needs to magically appear. Like that's sort of the fairy tale that we're fed in America. It's like, well, if I meet the either a romantic partner or a friendship, it'll just happen. It'll just bloom. It'll just, it's sort of, a, it'll self manifest. And it's like, no, it, it doesn't. You have to say, uh, Hey, I enjoyed when we, talked about music or I, we both like a lot of the same things. Let's go do this. And then if the person says no a couple of times, then you can move on. But a lot of times the, people are so busy. We think that we assume that they should know that we liked them in a platonic way uh, and that we would like to do something with them socially, but they don't know that unless you tell them that. Yeah. So, something. And, and, and then the article talks about this too. It talks about friendships being easy and they're not, they're hard, they're hard work and it takes an investment of time and energy. Uh, I, whenever I'm dating a woman, I always look at the connection with her family, but then I always say, do you, do you have a friend? And, and I think to myself, do you have a friend from junior high that you're connected with? Is there someone in high school? Is there someone in college? Do you have friends that live in different places in different geographic areas or is your best friend always the next door neighbor that you're sitting out and having a glass of wine with and then when that neighbor moves it's the next neighbor that moves in that's easy what's hard is we had we had a we had a great listener and i think i could share this in oakland he would call into our radio show his name was nutsack from oaktown Anyway, Nutsack from Motown. I'm not going to share his real name. But he's become a dear friend of Ron's. And the reason he's become a dear friend is because you have really worked on creating a connection with him. And last time we were in Oakland was 1997. But I give you a lot of credit because I, I, I look at, at your life and at your friendships, like the connection with your brother. You have this – and your brother lives out in Stanley, New Mexico – you have this deep connection with him. You talk with your sister a lot. You talk with your parents a lot. Everybody in your family has different views, but you st- you're 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 still in there. You're part of that glue. You, you have friends. Uh, one of our one of your good friends is a is a, is a weatherman down in Los Angeles. You 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 stay in connection with him, and and I give you lots and lots of credit for the for that wrong because I think you've done a really good job of doing the work of having big friendships uh, in your life. So. Well, I appreciate that. And I also appreciate what you said earlier. Sometimes it ebbs and flows where if you feel like it's, it's, if you're putting in more effort than not, this just happened to me this week. Someone that I'd been trying to connect with just wasn't reaching back. And so I was like, okay, I need to pay attention to that. They are not interested right now. And so they texted me today and I was like, you're very hard to get a hold of. So I'm, I'm drawing some boundaries where it's like, I've made it, clear to you that i would like to hang out and yet you're not you're unavailable yeah so if you want to hang out i'm open to it but i'm not gonna chase you around is that a female or a male that's a female yeah sounds like a female (laughs) i've done that i've done that to guys too where it's like it's like dude you you're never available like you say you want to hang out uh but then we don't and i've invited you like if i invite you to two or three things and then you just never do it and you never counter with an invite, then you kind of got to let that go for a season, I think. That's good. Let's talk more on the other side of this. 
Ron and Don from Radio to Real Estate. When you're ready to grab a cup of coffee and sit down with the guys, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, as you just heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We are here uh, to help you as humans. So if you need our help, just reach out. Whether you're a week away or a year away from your real estate journey, we'd love to be a part of it. So just write Ron, Ron at Windermere.com. Hey, this is this has been kind of an interesting uh, episode, 245. We've talked about our sex lives. We talk about friendships. And before we get out of here, you see the theme. We're now going to talk about disappointment. And Ron has written something really cool. In fact, it's in the newsletter this week. And I need to uh, share it on my social. You, did you share it on your Facebook? I did. Okay. And I'll make sure I, I, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'll show that too. Uh Talk a little bit about what you wrote and then maybe you read to us uh, why you wrote it. And if you guys want the want the newsletter and you would like a copy of this, just what's the best way to get well, it? Well, they can do it on the Facebook and then sign up rondonsitdown.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, I'll just read this and we can talk about it. We had uh, several clients that fell in love with a home, made incredibly clean, tight offers and did not get it. And both of them were very disappointed and, and it was a, a crushing blow in a lot of ways. So I wrote this because it, it, I was reflecting on it. It's like, what can I learn about disappointment? Buying a house in the Puget Sound area right now is bonkers. Seattle is the second hottest market in the entire United States behind Phoenix. Many people feel like punching bags as offer after offer is being rejected. The Seattle area is not the hottest in the country, but in my opinion, it's not exactly apples to apples with Arizona. The average home in Phoenix is 249 grand. Wow. The median price in Seattle is 287 percent more than that <laughs> at seven hundred and twenty four thousand four hundred dollars wow, that's crazy wow. don and i've recently had several buyers make really exceptional offers only to be told that they are second best they didn't get their dream house you can imagine the disappointment it's crushing that's when don and i have had to switch gears from being a realtor to being a friend for someone who, whose emotions are raw there's a few things i've learned going through these last few rejections that not only apply to real estate i think they apply to everyday life the first one is game selection that is if i'm if i'm walking in the park and there was a group of NBA players doing a pickup game, and they looked for one more player, I would be a fool to jump into that game. Mm. I'd be humiliated on every level. I have no business even trying to compete. Who am I, who am I trying to fool? On the other hand, if it's a friendly pickup game with people around my size and ability level, it'd be fun. Get in there, get your heart rate up, shoot some hoops. So what's my point? It doesn't matter if you're trying to buy a house or trying to find a new job or a romantic partner. It's important to know what game you're playing. It's one thing to get beaten in a fair game with equal competition. It's quite another to be embarrassed because you're totally outclassed. One of our buyers decided to change games. They said it was too painful to compete in the category of home they were competing in. So she switched to a different category that's way less competitive. I think that's a smart move. Selecting a game where you have a better chance to win is really smart. Number two is know your boundaries. It's difficult to control yourself when emotions run high, especially when you want something badly. There's no logical reason why we're seeing some houses go for hundreds of thousands of dollars over their list price with people waiving every single protection available to them. It's just irrational emotion. While that theoretically can be good for someone that's a seller, it's not a great long-term strategy if you're a buyer. 
So to expand the concept again, taking the time to know what your constraints are before you jump into something is crucial to protecting yourself from disappointment. If you prepare mentally and you know your limits before the pressure is turned up, you're able to refer to that as a touchstone in the heat of the battle. Don and I do an actual role play now with people. How are you going to feel if it happens this way? How are you going to respond if that thing happens? What's the line for you where you're going to walk away? And so we rehearse this stuff uh, before we get into the heat of battle, and it really helps. A version of those questions can be applied to almost any important life decision. The disappointment is automatically diminished if you decided beforehand what your walkaway point is going to be, and you just look for a better spot. It really does help. And then finally, take a step, uh, take a page from the Stoics. There's a concept in Stoicism called negative visualization. It's basically starting with your goal in mind, and then you deliberately go over all the things that could go wrong. The famic, famic, famous Stoic Seneca said, quote, nothing happens to the wise man against his expectation, nor do all things turn out for him as he wished, but as he reckoned. And above all, he reckoned that something could block his path, unquote. So if you're writing an offer or going into a job interview, take some time to realize that most of the time it's not going to go exactly according to plan. Do a negative visualization about the fact that it could fail and it lets you rehearse in a small way how you might feel if that actually happens. The side benefit of this is that you have a more pronounced feeling of gratitude and appreciation when the thing does go your way because you soberly considered that it wasn't guaranteed for you. It's a counterbalance to any feeling of entitlement. So as the cool kids say online, adulting is hard. Indeed it is sometimes. I hope these techniques that I've been using uh, to lessen the sting of disappointment can help you in your life. That's awesome. Now, I I think that's one of the challenges sometimes in all the enlightenment stuff that we read, or even with churches, a lot of the... The prosperity doctrine uh, that has seeped into a lot of churches, and that like the secret stuff. Yeah, it's it. We 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 have to be able to look at things with sober eyes. We have to be able to look at different outcomes. We have to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to embrace the process, enjoy the process, but I'm not going to have a cherished outcome. I'm going to understand what the different outcomes could be. I'm going to do my very best. And then whatever that outcome is, I'm going to step into it. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to step into it and I'm going to move through it because that's what the Stoics did. They don't run. They don't hide. They step into it. When you always hear lean into it, when you hear people say that, that's from the Stoics. Leaning into it, not running from it. And that's, as Ron just said beautifully, it's not just about a real estate transaction. It's about our lives. It's about being a parent. It's about watching your parents grow old and I move them into my house or an old folks home. Or it's about we ourselves becoming old. And what do we do with the minutes and moments that we have left? Because at the end of the day, we don't know what tomorrow brings. There's no cherished outcomes, but we, it doesn't keep us from still doing our, our, our very, very best. And, and then when we don't do our best to give ourselves a break, <laughs> And try to do our best next time. So anyway, where can uh, people find that? that really yeah, cool. you can just go to my Facebook page, Ron Upshaw on Facebook, and you can click right there. Yeah. 
and you go to my Facebook page, and it's not on there right now. <laughs> but I'll put it on there. He's Ron. I'm Don. I'll get that up on my Facebook page. You keep your head up. You keep your shoulders back. You keep leaning into it, right? No cherished outcomes, you guys. Episode 246. I'll be here before you know it, right? We'll see you then. You'll listen to the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>